Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! All right, we just saw Can You Ever Forgive Me? And on the count of three, we'll give our one to ten rating. One, two, three. Six point five. The first thing I want to say is how much I love the music in that movie. It was great. Both the uh, composed Mm -hmm. music and the soundtrack, like, you know, 90s music. It was very uh, and like Billy Holiday old. Yeah, time yeah. New York. So yeah, it was like very eclectic music, and again, as far as like '90s go, because it was you know a movie that took place in the '90s, they didn't just play like whatever it was top forty right. to like give us a sense of place. Like there was some um, deep cut Pixie songs. Uh, there was some kind of alternative songs that I'd never heard. Um, so yeah, I was just very impressed with that. I kind of kept forgetting that I was watching a period movie because it wasn't uh, in a good way. It wasn't. It wasn't hitting me over the head with it. It mm-hmm. was. I, I felt just very in the place. Yeah, it's like they pick music from the '90s that maybe she would be listening to or yeah. would like. And she certainly is not a top '40s kind of gal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was kind of like a, um, taking a. <sighs> All those kind of love stories set in New York City, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of glorify New York, like um, Annie Hall, or mm-hmm. uh, there's loads of them, and just flipping it on its head and having it be like the seedy version yeah. or the like dark underbelly <coughs> of New York mm-hmm. um, version, which was part of why I really enjoyed the all the Billie Holiday stuff mm-hmm. and kind of classic glamour yeah. and then when she and her friend are for the first time you know kind of bar hopping and getting to know each other more and they're on the like I loved when they're on the subway and normally in one of those romantic movies they would be like wait have you ever had cannolis <laughs> like I can't think of an Italian name Angelino's Cafe. Oh my gosh, they're to die for. We've got to go. Instead, <laughs> just talk about some places bread. And then it cuts to them like drunkenly stumbling, <laughs> drunkenly stumbling down the street, eating Huge baguettes. French, yeah. Each of them having their own baguette and eating it so <laughs> not genteely. So yeah. they just did a great job of kind of pulling those. Um, Tropes Cliches, yeah. and yeah, and making them <laughs> unique to this mm-hmm. movie. I liked uh, Melissa McCarthy's performance quite a bit. Yeah, I did too. I think she did wonderfully. She made me feel like I was her. <clears throat> it's a weird thing to say, but. Um, I think I found myself while watching that movie being like, oh man, I I should probably stop doing these forgeries. Like, I, I had this sense of like... Like conscience. Yeah, like yeah. A, I, the sense that I was being... I was the one who was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so 
the director did a really good job creating that that urgency and that yeah, yeah the they stakes. did a great job getting us to fall in love with her even yeah. though she's so unsavory and and <laughs> unappealing in so many levels you know mm-hmm. she's so rude and self-focused in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and yet we all are watching and seeing her having become this way after years of mm-hmm. who knows what but somehow they've managed to as they introduce us to a really hardened character she's not so hardened to the audience I think that's pretty yeah. hard to do what do you think was the cause of death for the cat I imagine that the cat was just old and on a lot of meds and right because there was dying. a shot of him like you know it was a very long scene of him preparing the uh, the meds within the yeah. cat food and he didn't quite get the lid on top of the meds well I don't think that was supposed to mean anything okay I think it was supposed to show that he was trying he was trying okay and you know I think she desperately wanted to blame him for that uh huh um and you could accuse him of a lot of things that were horrible that he did but uh-huh. that wasn't one of them right you know and for her it's just another excuse I think to push away people and yeah um sure he could have maybe been a little more attentive to the cat but I think that scene is important for us to see that he's not he even though he's n- n- not the ideal best friend or most conscientious ever. Yeah. He still made sure to wake up and feed that cat and mush the... You know, I was afraid he was going to stick the whole pill into the... Yeah. Like, I was waiting for him to mess up. Uh-huh. But he doesn't. He does pretty much what he's supposed yeah. to. Puts it down and the cat eats it. So... I would have yeah. liked if they had made him put the cat back on then. Really put it back on. Because it, it looked to me like... I, I guess they didn't necessarily make it a close-up, but they had it prominent in the frame... That he had failed to attach the child safe lid onto the. I see. If that was it, I that I missed it entirely. Yeah. So, I hope that's not what they were yeah. going for. He also says something about it being an accident, um, which makes it sound like that, that that's not a natural causes either. Yeah. So I don't know. I just wish that was directed more clearly. Sure, I get that. I thought he was great too. Yeah. I... He looks a lot like Jeffrey Rush, doesn't he? Yeah, he does a bit. <laughs> He's like a skinnier... I know, I've seen him before. Gay Jeffrey Rush. Ge- Jeffrey Rush. Is he in love, actually? I don't know. I have not mm. seen that whole movie. Yeah. Um, this reminded me a bit of... my name. Hello, my name is Doris. Totally different stylistically. But a similar woman who has over years and years and years uh-huh. kind of just barricaded herself yeah. in and it's kind of the story of her through a very bizarre opportunity yeah. forcing herself out of a lot of those um, just like in Hello My Name Was Doris I think my the most moving scene to me in that one is um, when they're trying to get her to, because she's a hoarder, yeah. When they're trying to get her to clean, right? Um, and this one, the most moving scene was when her friend, it's you know, her it. house stinks yeah. to the point where an exterminator won't even come in and <laughs> treat it. And he, of course, isn't gonna hide that he also thinks it stinks. But yeah. and she suddenly is 
aware of it almost right. of like the squalor that she's living in and he's like let me in yeah and they clean the whole house together yeah you know one of those you can criticize them as much as you want but that scene solidifies right their friendship right i also like that uh we're not really aware that like we are aware that she's kind of frumpy and isn't stylish but at least from what I could tell, we're not uh, we're not aware that yeah that it's completely squalid. Like, yeah, right. It seems like oh she's annoyed that there's flies. Yeah. So you know, but then we realize there's flies because there's cat poop everywhere. <laughs> right. It's kind of the same. Like we we the audience are her. Yeah. And we've lived with it so long we don't even notice it anymore. Yeah. And it's embarrassing to see people not willing to come in. Yeah. Yeah, it did a great job of us being on her side the whole time yeah you know almost to the point of wishing that maybe she could just keep on doing what she's doing <laughs> you know I think yeah. that's definitely part of the theme because you know the pointed thing at the end where she sees her own forged letter in a window of a yeah. high end and says you know points out I that is not real yeah even though you have authentication papers yeah and the store owner is torn about whether just sell it or not you yeah. know the whole the whole point of does it matter yeah you know and of course i would say yes it does and <laughs> that's all very important um but i also would be i would never be someone to spend more than 20 dollars on yeah. something that just made me a bit nostalgic <laughs> right so it's hard for me to relate to the big numbers that yeah. they are talking about here's what i think it was missing and what i'm guessing the book this movie was based on had it's just hard to do this in a movie is more discovery about what works like what uh-huh. increases value all we really got was make it a little bit more personal which is so obvious like sure as an audience member i want to understand like oh wow i want to feel like i'm learning how to become a master forger i wanted the movie itself to really delve into the tactics and the sure all the, the attributes that would just have these collectors mouths watering over instead I just had to believe that their faces meant that she had done a good job yeah um, so again I'm guessing the book did a good job at revealing her techniques and because we actually have time to read as opposed to the movie where you just kind of have to her, glance her time that she took to clearly um, get to know the voice of all these different authors yeah so that she could write in their voice so effectively right. and the reason I think of that is uh there's a so my favorite filmmaker Errol Morris who makes documentaries he also has a blog for New York Times one of them he talked about this famous uh, Vermeer forger and I think he went like decades forging Vermeer's Mm -hmm. uh, paintings and the key that he did and and this is um, Morris's thesis in his his, uh, blog post was that Uncanny Valley is more than just like CGI people looking weird in movies like Uncanny Valley affects all of our dealings so in this case the, the forgers that weren't very good were just trying to get it very technically close but an expert will be able to look at that and see the imperfections they'll see the differences between strokes and you know there's this valley between the things that look nothing like the real thing and the, and the real thing and it's very easy to spot things that are in that valley um, and this famous Vermeer forger 
he was really clever in that he didn't try to make it look very technically like it, mm-hmm. but he just created enough of a suggestion to his Vermeer, but he basically created this whole new, like, lost era of Vermeer paintings. Uh-huh. So, because of the volume he was creating, it was, like, its own thing, which I think, again, this movie hints at, like, it was Lee Israel who was, it was her voice almost that was what was making these sell. Right. Um, sure, she was learning to mimic the style, but oftentimes she seemed to get things wrong, like, <laughs> like outing someone who was sure, gay. Sure, he wouldn't when be he that wouldn't, yeah. open. Like, so she, yeah. Wasn't, she wasn't that Yeah, that makes fastidious. sense. So I would have liked to see more of that like forgery theory in this movie, because I think that stuff is really fascinating. As was uh, as Morris's essay and introduced me to the world of um, skilled forgers. Yeah, I I like that better. I think. But I I don't have any ideas for the filmmaker because, again, between uh, I think the, the filmmaker had to make a choice of yeah. what the film was going to be, and he chose to focus on her character, and her relationship with and her relationship. People. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed the. Um, when she gets her sentence of house arrest, mm-hmm. it's I, I enjoyed how that was directed very much. That she had this wave of clearly not happiness that she had escaped jail. Like yeah. that wasn't you know it was kind of maybe for her house arrest was what she had before. Right, you know, right. she's, it's like she's being punished by being forced to live the same existence yeah. <laughs> that she had been living in. And for once in her life had felt different and was going out and was, you know, even went on a date and yeah. was doing things differently. And so I thought that was a, a lovely, um, tragic <laughs> end for her. Right. I knew that the cat was going to die the first time that I saw it. <laughs> Maybe just because I've worked with cats for so long. I was like, that's an old cat. Uh-huh. That cat's going to die in this movie. Um, but I have to say, I really hope that the reason the cat died was just old age and wasn't because of mismanagement of the Jack yeah. and the medication. Because um, I like that. I like that better. I like the idea that... Um, just bad timing. Or that you can't, you can't keep a cat going. You know, right. yeah, just story-wise, I think it's... It works better that way. There are people she reminds me of, so that is another sign to me that she was a well-created mm-hmm. character. And let's out them right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Top five, go. <laughs> <laughs> Being a an introvert, I enjoyed her arriving at that at her um, agent's party that she's invited to. Mm-hmm. I, I think they captured feeling awkward at a gathering that you're alone at Mm -hmm. really well the timing of okay I'm leaving (laughs) you don't you go to the bathroom once you have a drink and then you leave (laughs) (laughs) and in her case you snoop in the cupboard and find half used (laughs) toilet paper rolls (laughs) I think my favorite uh of the uh, collectors, the characters that she interacts with, 
um, was the one who uh, I think he's blonde. Yeah, yeah I, I just with the glasses. He, I liked yeah. him a lot too. He had a great reaction to it. Uh, I think that's a hard acting job. Yeah. He, when she first puts the first one in front of him, his right. reaction is so wonderful. Yeah. It did and a lot of the work uh, of, you know, making up for the deficit that I referenced earlier about. Yeah, right. Not really understanding exactly <laughs> how this is happening. And and also showing the hope that something is real. Yeah. You know, you look at something and it seems so great. You want it to be real. Yeah. And I so I've said all this. I love Antique Sword Show. Mm. I watch it all the time. <laughs> And I could care less about the things on it. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I never, I, and I live in Essex, Massachusetts, the anti capital of <laughs> the world, probably. Um, and I think old things are fun. I like looking at them. I cannot stand that they have crazy amounts of money and value put on them mm-hmm. just because they're old. I mean, I, in some ways, I understand. In some ways, especially with artwork or things that really should be put into a museum. I get it. Mm. Or things that have value, like it has a lot of gold in it or it has a lot of, you know, okay. But um, some of it's just, this is a doll that's, you know, half the face is broken and its hair is falling out. But it's from the Victorian era. And the hair is actually from a camel. And (laughs) therefore... It's worth thousands of dollars. You know, that's the kind uh-huh. of stuff that I... I would never buy into, but I love watching other people buy into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love watching the appraisers get excited about the things they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I love watching the people who are having their items appraised get so defensive of their items. <laughs> <laughs> or... You know, usually that's the most enjoyable reaction for me. <laughs> um, Let's reevaluate. Okay. I'm going up for sure. I was a 6.5. Um, yeah, I, I found myself not really able to criticize very much except for things that are limitations of the medium. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm up to an 8.5, I think. Wow. You far surpassed me. I think I'm going to stay at a solid eight. I might think differently if, you know, at the end of the year we're looking at all of the movies together. In a few months, maybe I'll think I'll have more nostalgia for this item Mm -hmm. or less. We'll see where my value goes. Yeah, I do think that there's something to be said for, you know, this is the first 20 minutes of us processing a movie. But... When I think about my favorite movies of the year, it's the ones that stuck with me in weird ways that I maybe had right. no anticipation <laughs> of during the first 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, the scores we give here don't necessarily reflect the ones that... Well, like last mark. year, I didn't really like... I Or I enjoyed Get Out after mm-hmm. you had me see it, but I was not raving about it. Yeah. But then it ended up being my first, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that one definitely stuck. So we shall see. Ooh, I wonder if that's foreshadowing that we'll do another top (laughs) ten. We will. All right. It's not foreshadowing anymore. (laughs) It's fact. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.